You are now entering the Back in Time Podcast. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. I'm your host, Kyle Autry, joined as always by my co-host, JD. JD, it's Michael J. Fox. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic, and I'm super excited that we are dedicating a month to MJF, for sure. He's a well-deserving actor and probably a good human, although the episode of with him and Curb Your Enthusiasm would, you know, beg to differ. <laughs> I remember that. It's a funny episode. I think he's in a couple episodes, but there's there's the one gag in particular where Michael J. Fox just steals the show. Yeah. If I'm remembering right, like he's a real dick to like everybody, right? Yeah. Okay. Then he shakes <laughs> up the can of pop and then Larry David opens it. And he's just like, oops. Gosh, I got to find that on YouTube and watch it after this. That's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about this on the um, sh- shooting the manure episode where we're going to do Teen Wolf and. On top of that, we're going to just dedicate the rest of the month to Michael J. Fox. So if you're listening to this in our archives right now, you can listen to a couple retro episodes that we did a few years back. We had Casey Gaines on to talk about his book, Where We're Going, We Don't Need Roads. J.D., do you have any memories from that Casey Gaines interview? It feels like a lifetime ago, but that was one of my favorite episodes that I kind of forgot about. Yeah, yeah, Casein was an excellent guest for sure. He just dropped knowledge on us like uh like it was Nagasaki. <laughs> yeah. Can't make yeah. that too soon. Hiroshima <laughs> better? There you go. Maybe better. One of the things that I remember us getting into as I kind of listened back to it a little bit today is we really dived into the Eric Stoltz um ordeal and I more than ever like as years go by I, I feel like I have to see that footage. I want to see it. I want to see what his portrayal of, you know, Marty McFly, I need to see what he did. It, do you oh, think sure. it's that bad? He's such a good actor. I feel like it, it's probably better than Zemeckis gave it credit for. It's entirely possible that it is better than credit is given for, but at the same time, if it just is not if it looks like a girl and it talks like a girl and then you go up the skirt and it's not a girl. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. You, <laughs> you sir have stumped me. Call me. Uh, so has she. Yeah. So the, check out that episode. That's a really fun interview. And then follow that up with the back to the future episode. And then listen to this and then Teen Wolf and you're just going to be all you'll be all Michael J. Foxed out by the time we get into May and we dive into some more fun movies and fun top fives. And I'll tell you this, J.D., I already have an idea in my head. I have top fives in my head. 
I am going to be coming guns a slinging when we get into May with some ideas. Well, that's uh, that's interesting that you're coming guns a slinging and not guns a blazing, as per is hey, the norm of the term. I don't. I, I'm not against. I, I'm not a violent guy. I don't want to actually shoot them, so I just want to sling them out of my pockets. Kind of like you sling out your Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Fun game. Can't so, beat it. And and that's why Kyle has a child. <laughs> he likes All to right. sling out his Donkey Kong for fun. Nope, nope, don't go there. Let's get into the top five five episode. The reason we're here, top five Michael J. Fox movies. J.D., do you think we should have included TV shows or just Michael J. Fox roles? I don't know. I feel like we kind of pigeonholed ourselves a little bit here. A little bit. I think we may have been better suited to do top five Michael J. Fox experiences. Um, to include TV shows, but I found a loophole that you will be happy to indulge me with, and you'll probably get mad at me as you tend to do, but there's a loophole. Back to the future one, two, three. (laughs) No, I've got, I I like my list. I like my list. Okay. Gotcha. Well, let's get to it. Um, Why don't you start us off and begin with your number five pick? What do you got? So I'm starting in 1996, and I know it's not necessarily a meaty role, but the movie itself was set up with just a crap ton of cameos to, you know, set off the comedy of everything that was in it. And I'm going to say Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. Interesting. I would not expect that one on your list. What, What about that movie did you enjoy? I loved how campy it was and like how it didn't take itself seriously. And it's, this is a movie that I saw in theaters in 1996. So I would have been 10, 11 years old and I did not understand any of the comedy at all, but I laughed my ass off. And then I watched it as an adult and I got all of the references and all of the satire and the black comedy that is like stuck into this. And then, like, comparing this against, like, in a movie like Independence Day, you realize that this is actually an intelligent movie. And it's so stupid that it's smart. Oh, wow. I feel like I really need to go back and watch this movie now. Yeah. You, I, it, I, I probably watched this when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old and was just like, eh, I don't get it. Like, I guess it's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, aliens. Good cast, though. Oh, it's a fantastic cast. Like they they stuffed this to the gills. I didn't I didn't realize that was a Tim Burton movie. Again, and I have it, I literally haven't looked at this movie in two, three decades almost. Another great point. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton movie about Mars invading Earth. Mars attacks. It's like snakes on a plane. Mm. What's the movie about? It's about snakes on a plane. What's the movie about? It's about Mars attacks. I thought Duh. snakes on a plane about Samuel L. Jackson just yelling. There's a lot of subtlety to the craft in his performance. Sure there is. Okay. Well, I'm going to be going a totally different direction than Mars Attacks with my number five pick. I Let me, let me preface this by saying I am a sucker for feel-good movies. Okay? And when this movie came out in 1993... Little eight-year-old me sat down, chubby as shit, probably eating pizza, and watched <laughs> this movie about 
Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, which is actually a remake from a 1963 movie where he is actually the voice of the main character here. I love movies that involve like dogs and, you know, they get basically the, the just this entire journey of the dogs getting lost. They got to find their way home. The kid thinks he's never going to see his dogs again. You know, Chance is just like this annoying dog but they but the kid loves him even though he gets in the stuff and always gets in trouble and you got i think it's shiloh might be the main dog i can't remember the shadow shadow there we go yeah i mean he's like the old grumpy vet he's just like come on kid get it together and (laughs) (laughs) it's i don't know i i I always really like this movie and now that i've had a chance to rewatch it with my son and kind of see it through his eyes and kind of fall in love with it the same way i'm like this has to be on my list. Even is it his best work? No, he's voicing a dog. Like he's done a lot better work. But for me, it's a movie that I watch over and over and over. So it's got to be on the list. Yeah, it's a great pick. Um, it's I, I will spoiler alert you. It's not on my list. It was hard to not include. But because it was a voice acting job, I was like, I'd rather include his in person beautiful face as the credential for the movie. But I, to this day, remember seeing Homeward Bound, and I may have said this in a previous episode, but went with my grandmother when it came out and we went to this movie theater and the line was out the door and wrapped around the corner into the alley. Four tickets for Homeward Bound. That's amazing. And And we got tickets. Oh, I loved it. Loved the hell out of it. Poor when. Oh, when he gets porcupined in the face, though, that was so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. No bueno. Yeah, actually, uh, my parents had a, a white boxer that lived. He lived about 10 years. He did pretty long for a boxer, actually. But we named him Chance after this movie. Oh, so it's good dog. Anyway, um, let's get to your pick, man. Number four. What do you have at the four spot? So I'm. Admittedly so, this is a movie that I have not seen since it came out, but I remember loving the hell out of 1991, Doc Hollywood. Oh, nice. I, this, this was a movie that my grandfather rented. We got from the video store audience, if you're new. This was like my uh, ritual for movies is my mom used to work uh, – second and third shift at the bowling alley. So we would spend weekends with my grandfather and we would rent all of the movies and we would just go to Blockbuster and he would just get four or five video VHS tapes and we would pop them in and sure as hell, Doc Hollywood was one of the movies that we watched one weekend. And, you know, I just, it was to me, I, when you said feel good movie, I kind of thought you were going to say Doc Hollywood because there's a little sense of, overcoming the odds that Michael J. Fox does in this movie is, you know, Doc Hollywood being that he's this big city doctor in this small town and that he's a fish out of water. So it's got that kind of almost like, well, big fish mentality to it. So it's, it's a cool movie that I need to rewatch and revisit. So, and it's got Woody Harrelson in it. It does have Woody Harrelson. Okay. I'm not going to say too much about Doc Hollywood yet. I will oh, save good. my comments. Good man. Good man. <laughs> okay. So we'll go over to my number four pick. It is not Doc Hollywood. Spoiler. 
my number four pick is going to be 1994, and it's a movie called Greedy. Now, JD, have you ever seen Greedy? I have not, but I'm greedy for knowledge. You are in for a treat. So he plays um, one of the possible beneficiaries of Uncle Joe, who's an aging millionaire. And his family is all trying to get in his, like, on the good side with him. They all want a piece of the empire. And unfortunately, Uncle Joe isn't stupid. (laughs) But he thinks... The family thinks he is, so he kind of plays along with it a little bit. Yeah, it's just, it's a really funny movie. It's got a great cast. You've got Michael J. Fox, Kirk Douglas. You've got Phil Hartman, Ed Begley Jr., Mary Ellen Trainer. I mean, just a whole list of amazing actors here. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched this in a long time. I wish it would pop up on like Netflix or Amazon Prime because I'd love to give it another watch now that I'm older. But I remember running this from Blockbuster with my dad, and then we rented it probably two or three more times after that because I just I thought it was hilarious. So yeah, yeah. that's a movie you got to check out. That's not even on my radar. I definitely need to to get some greedy action up in here. Yeah, I think you would really like it. I, it it's a very clever movie from what I remember. Okay, uh, so it's something Fraser Crane would enjoy. Yeah, it's a little pretentious. I think it's right down your alley. Hey, hey, if I had a sweater wrapped around my neck right now, I would disagree with you, but... It's not a sweater, it's a scarf. It's not a scarf, it's a sweater. (laughs) Son of a bitch bastard. Dirty work in our archive. Yeah, it is. Check it out. Good episode. All right, JD, number three, back to you. What do you got? So I am invoking the loophole law. And we're officially going to call it the loophole law right now, kind of like how I did when we did our top albums or top songs from 1990. And I did the entirety of the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Great episode in our archives. Uh, But I am going to do a made for TV movie. You've got me completely stumped. So it is Family Ties Vacation. Wow. Okay. I will. I'll, I'll allow it official ruling he will allow it um yeah i just i had forgotten that this existed and it took some research to be like oh yeah there was a family ties movie so i'm gonna count it because i'm a massive family ties fan i think that everything that the show did for him and his career was fantastic everything that michael gross did and represented for a foil to michael j fox's alex p keaton character was fantastic Um, And the movie was just a slice of life. It was them on vacation. They took every page out of every National Lampoon's vacation movie book and they put it into play and they took them to, I think, Europe. And, you know, Justin Bateman falls in love while Alex B. Keaton goes to Oxford and Michael Gross gets into, you know, a gross amount of fun. It's if you don't like the show, obviously you won't like the movie. If you like the show, you realize it counts as a movie. Question. Do you think Justine Bateman influenced her brother to do Teen Wolf 2 because Michael J. Fox wasn't? Oh, that is an interesting point. I think put that on as a poll topic on Twitter, and let's discuss that when we do the Teen Wolf uh, episode in full. Done and done. And don't forget to tag her. Maybe we'll actually get a response. 
I would love to know. What's funny is she is in Arrested Development, which stars Jason Bateman, who's in Teen Wolf 2. That's very interesting. So, and she plays his sister in quotes. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. So that's (laughs) kind of like a big runaround. Maybe that's a big inside joke as well. Yeah, I would love to know. We will find out. Okay, so... As far as your pick goes, Family Ties Vacation, I like I really enjoyed Family Ties. It's been forever since I've caught an episode. They used to be on all the time. Like you could pop on. Yeah, I don't know what channel it was on, but like a TBS type of channel. You could catch those reruns like all the way through the oh, 90s. Yeah. But it's been so long since I've watched it that I forgot about the Keaton family and all those really cool characters. Yeah, I need to catch up on some Family Ties. It'd be great, but um, okay. Well, I will tell you this. That was not on my list. That's a total surprise. And to be honest, I I had a loophole. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that we've had a couple picks that both of us are like, whoa, so far. Well, I don't think this one's going to woe you with number three because it was already on your list. And I am also in 1991 for Doc Hollywood. Just a great movie. You know, this young doctor who just, interviews and crashes a car in a small town here and he's sentenced to work there for several days and just kind of falls in love with the town falls in love with the girl i actually did re-watch this not too long ago like within the last 12 months it, i really enjoyed it it holds up pretty well you know it, it is kind of a, a dated movie it does make you feel like you're watching a movie from 1991 where I think, you know, a movie like uh, a Back to the Future doesn't feel like it's as old as it is, doesn't look as old in certain parts. But, yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie. Woody Harrelson's great, but also you've got some uh, Bernard Hughes in this. You've got uh, Bridget Fonda, just, yeah, really good cast, a lot of great veteran actors. And it is fun to see Woody Harrelson before he's really kind of hit it big in some of these, like, smaller roles. But yeah, he's such a great actor now, which which kind of leads me to something I, I did want to talk about with you. You know, had Michael J. Fox not gotten sick, like, do you see him having a similar career trajectory as like a Woody Harrelson, where he's like a really strong supporting character in some of these really big movies? Because it seemed like he kind of was starting the dip even before he announced getting sick. Well, that's a good question, but you have to take into account the fact that he had as many successful TV show runs as he did. That's very true. Because, yes, Spin City, amazing. The Michael J. Fox show, digestible. I mean, to go from Family Ties. And I would only think there's a universe maybe where if, things didn't happen the way that they did, but his career still did plummet the way that it did, that maybe he's a Quentin Tarantino regular. Ooh. Interesting. Maybe Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see him in a role like that. Um, For sure. Because unfortunately, along with physical abilities, he's kind of lost some of the vocal abilities too, which has limited him on you know a lot of these you know, really cool animation movies that he could have been a part of, like a Toy Story character. Man, so many, so many strong 
roles that he could have got into. So I guess we'll never know. But yeah, I'm sure there's an alternate universe where where we're watching, you know, Michael J. Fox movies, John Candy, Chris Farley movies, and not missing a beat. So can so I miss the Marvel lineup? Yeah. No kidding. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> John Candy is Iron Man. Oh gosh. Shrek five. Chris Farley's still churning him out. Of course you know, he, he would too. He was the original Shrek. Michael Myers replaced oh, yeah. him. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been even bigger with him. It would have been at least as big, I think. Maybe bigger. I will never know. Okay. Well, I think we've covered enough Doc Hollywood. Let's get to it, man. Number two. Ooh, what do you have? Less, less, less. Real quick, real quick point. The plot yeah. to Doc Hollywood is essentially identical to the plot to Wrong Turn. Holy crap! It is. I'm just saying. Just that, that that just came to me as like this beam of light from the heavens, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" That's the plot to Wrong Turn, but things go a lot worse. You're exactly right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I Yep. That's all I can say. You're right. You win. One Blumpkin. Hey, not from you, I hope. Nope. So, on to my number 2 pick. Um audience, I'm going to play a cheat card here and going to say I have a tie for 1 and 2. A tie. Wow. Okay. I have a tie. And I'm very interested to see what your one and two is. But for me, the two movies sort of cancel each other out because one of them I know to be a better movie, but the other to me is a more enjoyable film. Hmm. So I love the hell out of it. So I'm going to give the one that I think is a better film first as tied for number one for me, but in the second spot. So it's the runner up to number one, but also it's also gold star. Uh, I'm going to say this much to your dismay, but it's, it's back to the future, which is an excellent mother fucking movie. We reviewed the hell out of it. We reviewed the hell out of people that have written books about it, bought cars about it. Um, I mean, we've, go back in our archives we cover back to the future up and down and left and right and into uranus and out of mercury <laughs> yeah it, you know what i completely forgot the other day is we actually we interviewed george mcfly like i forgot that we even had him on the show Wait, like, we covered that how we we've yeah. painted every corner of the room that is back to the future and it's an excellent franchise it's an excellent movie it's michael j fox coming in at the last minute to save what could have been maybe you think that it would have been better kyle maybe you think yeah. it would have been worse with the original actor but not with with withstanding the fact that this is kind of the defining role to michael j fox i think more so than alex p keaton right yeah and to be fair i don't think it would ever be better with Eric Stoltz. I think it I think it could be good, but nobody has that like Marty McFly, which is just Michael J. Fox cadence, the way he talks. It's very, very unique. Um Justin Long does a great impression of Marty McFly. 
if you can find that on YouTube, he can do it like spot on. I feel like if they ever remake this movie, he's the only one they should be casting as Marty McFly. But um, so I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and jump in and cut you off at the nuts. Have you seen the deep fake that has Robert Downey Jr. as Doc and Tom Holland as Marty? Yeah, I've seen. I it, it's really cool, but I just feel like to me Justin Long would be better than than him. But I mean, I guess if you want to make him even younger. I don't know. I could, if they do anything, I think Marty should be like 50 years old. But I also don't think they should ever do anything with it. As a no, side they shouldn't. So no, they 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 but, shouldn't. But, but if, if they, they needed to film something and they needed somebody to stand in and kind of play the role, that would be Justin Long for me. Well, I love Justin Long. All names aside, um, you know, as as somebody who else, you know, he's long. I'm long. I mean, Justin, um, right. I just, I rewatched dodgeball the other night and just forgot how ridiculous that movie is. And he's hilarious in it. Mm-hmm. Very underrated and His man. He is getting some shit roles now too. As a side note, he gets nothing. Well, so, he was in Tusk. God, that was like five years ago though. Yeah. But let's talk about Tusk a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie. I liked it, but God, that's the best he's had. Like this decade was Tusk. It was essentially like a fan made film because they, <laughs> they they crowdfunded that from it from Kevin Smith's podcast. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, it was kind of like it. Tusk could only exist because Human Centipede existed. Yeah, very true. I can't really get mad at you for putting Back to the Future too. If you say you love Teen Wolf and it's a movie that you enjoy more, I can't argue because my number two pick is Teen Wolf. It's one Ew. of my favorite movies. The and just and again, you did a great job of explaining like how much we've covered this, and and this is something that we we get into with that interview with Casey and Gaines that's in our archives right now for you guys to listen to. But Michael J. Fox was essentially literally on the same street shooting teen wolf like several hundred feet down the road sitting in the back of a trailer looking at to the to the back to the future set going i wish i was on that set instead he was saying that to himself in the teen wolf costume on the same street as they're filming this movie with eric stoltz for six weeks and then by some miracle all this stuff happens where they start re- watching dailies and they start deciding, man, he's not the one. And they go back to the producer from Family Ties and essentially beg him to let Michael J. Fox do their movie and give him some time. And the guy had to work basically like 22 hours a day to make this movie happen. Literally just showed up and they were like, do you have any shoes? What, what do you think you should wear? Like he was just wearing his everyday Nike shoes which are now like iconic this <laughs> back to the future film because they were just so rushed that they had, they didn't have a size shoe for him at the time. So he's got to wear those crappy, dirty Nikes. that looks like he was mowing the lawn in them. So yeah. Amazing. I just, what, what else can we say about teen wolf? The supporting cast. Amazing. Booth styles, Pamela, Mick chubby coach Finstock. Who's always eating something. 
I that's one of my favorite things about this movie, which we'll get into in the review, is every time you talk to the coaches, yeah, what do you guys need? All right, Scotty. Well, that sounds good. He's just he's biting into an apple. He's eating a piece of bread. Like I, <laughs> I love those little like little parts of characters. That stuff really like that tickles my feather. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Little whistle in my ear. I don't know what that means, but I just roll with it, dude. Now was that you trying to whistle? By the way, nope. nope wasn't do you, do you, do you know how to whistle? Mm-hmm. I think is that this it? is important. You can't huh? whistle, can you? Can you roll your R's? Nope. <laughs> no, I love I love to throw like when I'm shadow boxing somebody, I like to throw out a little whistle there. I'll be like, you know what I mean? Okay, let's Get be realistic there. here. How often are you shadow boxing people, Kyle? All the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you are you shadow boxing your shadow in the shower? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds like you're doing something else in the shower. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, we have a caller. Oh, God. hello. My name is Wilbur. First time caller, long time listener. Got a question for JD. Is it true that you trim your pubes? Yeah. Is that not the modern man? Okay. Well, that's it. Thanks. I'll send you a pic later, Wilbur. Weird. Where did that guy come from? Hey, I think uh, it's your subconscious. <laughs> Let's break this thing down. Obviously, I think we both know each other's number one pick, but you started with Mars Attack with number five, Doc Hollywood at four. Three was a total loophole, but we allowed it. Family Ties Vacation. Back to the Future was number two. I think we know number one. JD, what do you have at number one? It's Teen Wolf. Awesome. It has to be Teen Wolf. It's, I don't know if there's, maybe there's like this like Freudian link in my childhood between Teen Wolf and Monster Squad as why those are like definitive movies in my childhood. Um, so maybe the Wolfman has nards mean something to me in a subliminal way that I just don't realize because I haven't had enough counseling yet. Laugh track. I'm sorry. I had to throw myself on mute. Yes. Hilarious, JD. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, there's, I don't know. I love the way that Teen Wolf is set up. It's almost set up like it's a horror movie, but it's like taken from a different angle. And Michael J. Fox is fantastic in it. Uh, I love, you already mentioned the the company cast of characters that are hilarious and everything from just the fact that, like, I don't think they remade this as a TV show and they went a completely different direction because what they did with the original, I don't think, holds water in 2020. Not at all. The idea that you become a teenager, you become a wolf, you just car surf then you have to it, it's like a rite of passage but yeah i mean that that remake not the well pun intended i should say but that makes me want to boof it's awful i've not watched what it and i that? will not watch it but i no. just i just feel like there was a tv show in the late 90s called big monster on campus which was a better knockoff of teen wolf 
than what the Teen Wolf spinoff was of Teen Wolf. So watch Big Monster on campus if you can find it. Not seen it on IMDb. What? <laughs> I think it was a Canadian show. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, Teen Wolf quote or like a Teen Wolf line from the show? Movie, I should say. Not the show. Good God, not the show. I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with the dance that he does. Okay. And to me, like, that's always like my go to when I make a wedding. I do the Teen Wolf dance. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, and it's not much different than Thriller, really, at the end of the day. But uh, at the same time, to me, it's the Teen Wolf dance. And people will be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing the dance from Teen Wolf. Right. What's Teen Wolf? Oh, please stop dancing with me. Yeah, please go away. I There's a couple lines that I really like. I think the easy one is a give me a keg of beer. Like, that's a great line. But there is a better line in this movie that I really love. And it's Scott and Styles talking. And he's like, hey, listen, Styles, do you know anything about a rash that's going on? He's like, why, are you looking to catch something? <laughs> no, I'm serious. He's like, no, but I heard... Mr. Murphy, you know, the shop teachers, like, yeah, guys, Dick caught in a vacuum cleaner. Just amazing. <laughs> you can't, you can't make jokes like that anymore. No, not at all. Yeah, there's there's a million of those. We're going to talk about them as we get into the full review. So, but yeah, solid pick number one. I will give the rundown for my top five here. Number five was Homeward Bound from 1993. Four was Greedy. If you guys are in the same boat as JD, if you haven't watched Greedy, get your hands on it. Be greedy. Go buy it. Number three, Doc Hollywood. Number two was Teen Wolf. And number one, like, come on. Like, you guys know what it is. I wear a Back to the Future t-shirt. I have hoodies. I've got the DeLorean action figure. Uh, I've got pops. Like, you know it's Back to the Future. Part three. No. The OG, well, the whole series. I just look at it as a six-hour movie, and I love every second that's, of it. That's fair. That's fair. Very fair. And, yeah, man, it just it's one of those movies that I can remember watching Back to the Future, like, as early as I can remember living. It's just, it's it's always been around. We had the VHS tapes, then I bought the DVD, then I bought the DVD Special Edition Collector set and then the blu-rays came out i bought that it's just like god damn how much more money do you guys want from me out of this movie <laughs> i feel like bob zemeckis is sitting on his private island right now going well i think that kyle kid owes me some more money right about now so yeah just a, it's a great movie and i often think about you know the the premise of this movie is essentially bob zemeckis thinking you know he found his dad's yearbook when he went to home to visit and thought, you know, could I be a friend of my dad's if I lived in that time period? And I always wanted to know like what my dad was like in high school and if I would get along with him or would I think he's a dork? Like, would we run in the same circles? Like that's all questions that I think are really fascinating to think about. So I don't know. Any, any thoughts, JD? If you recall, I told a very sad story about what it would be like to meet my dad in high school when we did the original episode. So uh, I will leave my thoughts to those that listen to Back to the Future in our archives. But sure, it gets it gets kind of sappy. 
It did. It did take a wrong turn. So for those of you yeah. that are new listeners, no, that was that was really good. Um, for uh, new listeners, yeah, Kyle has a great family. He's, Mr. Autry is a fantastic guy. He was in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. My dad was into a lot of drugs. Yeah, you think I? You know what I need to do is find that episode. I know where it's at. I know exactly what part of the episode he's in. I need to clip that out and put it on our Instagram. Yeah, you really kind of do. Yep. He'll be the uh, tall guy with a mullet walking by as Will's getting jiggy with. I think he bre- I think him and Carlton break into a dance moments later. But yeah, your dad and Carlton. No, I wish I'm sure <laughs> afterwards, but my, my dad's that type of guy where like there's we, so when I was 13, he got me a job working at Notre Dame. Now, mind you, you have to be how old to work in the U.S.? Like, it's like at least 15, isn't it? You can get permission or like a waiver to work is at 13 or 14, but you have to get special permission to do it. We didn't get any special permission. What happened is he walked up to Notre Dame Stadium, meandered around the gate until somebody approached him. And then gave a sad, sappy saw or sappy story about how he drove all the way here from Portage, which is like an hour drive because he wanted to get his son tickets to watch a game. And he found out that there's no tickets available and, you know, season tickets are sold out 40 years in advance. True story. You can't get season tickets to Notre Dame. And this guy's just like, well, how old your son? He's 13, but he's real big. You know, it looks like he's 16. And lo and behold, when he came home, I had a job for the next two years working every single Notre Dame football home home game, which, by the way, he drove me to, got hammered in the parking lot, managed to get a ticket into every single game, and then used my connections to sit basically front row for two years straight. And then we came back years later in college. And he used to hang out these group of guys, but I never really got to know them because we would show up and I would go in the building and do my job. And they these guys have <laughs> all these crazy stories about it. like you remember the one time, Phil, where you know that kid was trying to sell t-shirts and he got in trouble by the cops and you told him to turn his back. And apparently my dad took all these t-shirts, threw them over his shoulder, and made nine hundred dollars selling Notre Dame t-shirts to a bunch of drunk people tailgating. He's literally wow. a legend in those circles. They're like, the guy just, I don't know, we just called him Magic Phil. He showed up for two years, disappeared, and we have stories that have lasted 20 years. I'm like, hmm. I, guy's crazy. We need to get That's him on. Mr. Autry, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a storyteller. He's a bullshitter. We should get him on. I, I think we, we do need to do a special on Mr. Autry. He's got some good stories about watching um, Jaws when it first came out. And we should get, we should, I'm going to try and get him on for an episode. I don't, I'll have to figure out how to set him up. Like next time I'm home, I'm going to have to like bring my old microphone to him and figure out Skype. But we will make this happen somehow. It'll be a a special. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll look online in the yellow pages and try to track down my dad. And then we'll bring him on as a special guest and be like, hi, we haven't talked in 27 years. How you been? So did you get the milk, asshole? He went out for the Christmas milk and never came home. God, I feel like it's a lie every time you say it, but it's actually true. <laughs> it's, 
No, he went out for a bump of cocaine and never came home. Let's oh, be real. That adds up. He was not. He was not doing. He did not pretend like he was doing it for us. Ah, it was the eighties. No, <laughs> everyone was doing it. Twenty twenty still is. Also, uh, great episode the, to go along with that. Listen to our Stu Stone interview. Him and JD bonded over that. Oh, that's a fantastic episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need to get Stu back. Check out <laughs> Stu's documentary on Netflix. Jack of all trades streaming now. Very good documentary. And this has been a really fun episode, man. I was a little worried that we'd be a little low on content, but we knocked it out of the park, I think. Yeah, this was a good episode. Really fun. So um, check out next episode. We're going to be back. What are we covering next? I know we had another top five. I'm kind of drawing a blink right now. I know we were between top movies from 1985 and top songs from 1985. I don't know if we're doing both of those. What do you think? If we can do both, let's do both. Let's do Do it. Do we have enough room in the schedule? We've got room, man. People are home. They've got nothing to do. A couple extra bonus episodes. There might be one sneaking in our feed here very soon that I think will surprise you guys a little bit. And we'll just say uh, it involves a king and uh, some stripes. And I think you guys will like it. Ooh, Aladdin. Yes, definitely Aladdin. Dave, calm down. Probably not Aladdin. Okay. Now, uh, guys, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. It is absolutely free. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, YouTube. You can follow us on the blog at backintimepod.com. We should have – we got to get some new content. Can we, can we wrangle Anna to put another amazing article up soon? Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrangle We'll wrangle. Check that out and then follow us on social media at Back in Time Pod, Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook as well. Uh, but for now, that's going to wrap it up. We'll be back in another couple of days with another top five episode. See ya. Ooh.